This is UCD Business Impact. Our experts each week will offer insight, spark curiosity, and challenge you to rethink how you do business in a changing world. I'm your host, Emmett Oliver, financial editor and journalist and lecturer at UCD College of Business. Now, you're welcome to another edition of the Business Impact podcast here at UCD Business School. And we've launched this series much earlier this year. And when we did launch it, we were mired very much in the early stages of the COVID crisis. And in those early podcasts, we were really kind of clutching in the dark a little bit. We didn't really know what lay ahead. We were very much without any flashlights or even a compass as we kind of moped along through it. And we had guests like Professor Neve Brennan, Professor Pat Gibbons. And at that stage, they were trying to help us, you, the audience, to shape a little bit of what was going on and what was likely to happen. But now, as we slip into December, we know so much more, both positive and, of course, negative. And with several vaccines on the way in 2021, that could be the year, potentially at least, when we finally put the virus behind us. I obviously can see that Brexit is a separate cause of anxiety out there. So while the cases are still with us and ICUs are very far from empty, many organisations are curious, however, about how the world might look in the period ahead. So what better guest to have with me on today's podcast to share some light on that subject? And she's also from the perfect company too, and that's Accenture, the global professional services consultancy. And that's a company with global revenues of over $40 billion and almost half a million employees scattered around the world. And that guest is Hilary O'Mara, who's head of strategy and consulting at Accenture Ireland. Hilary is a UCD computer science graduate. She's been with the company since 1993 and has worked on a dizzying array of projects and sectors. She's also been working from home during the pandemic, working with clients and ensuring her part of the Accenture business has been running smoothly. Hilary, you're very welcome to the Business Impact Podcast. Thank you very much, Emma. It's lovely to be here. So listen, we want to go back a little bit first before we look forward. It's kind of a, a strange one, but let's go back to your own personal story. You, you hold a very senior role at Accenture working across a whole range of sectors uh, throughout the Irish economy. But it all started for you as a, as a computer science graduate many years ago in UCD. That's right. I, I left um, UCD and joined Accenture in 1993, or Anderson Consulting as it was then. And I'm deeply grateful uh, to the skills um, and the degree that I got with UCD because I joined Accenture at a really exciting time back then. Um, and because of the skills that I had, I got staffed on the first ever client-server project that Accenture uh, was involved in. It was actually with Microsoft at the time. And it was just a huge and fantastic opportunity. And, and I suppose that set me on my way in my career um, in that from then on, I really got staffed on what those leading technology projects, you know, moving from the, the old client-server world into internet and that dot-com dot era we used to talk about into, you know, the whole mobile um, world and obviously now we're um, in this what we call fourth revolution of digital so so really exciting kind of start in my career and, and helped very much to do that by, by my degree in UCD. Um, I mean I, I had some, some, some really interesting roles along the way. Um, I led our technology practice uh, for five years. I've had some lead uh, business roles um, you know most recently I led our utilities practice and, and I really really loved that and, and still do. Um, but to your point there, I took on a new role about nine months ago, and I now lead what we call our strategy and consulting business. And that's a brand new business that Accenture um, set up nine months ago um, as part of a global operating model change. And that operating model change 
happened in response to the huge pace of change and disruption that is, is happening in the world and enabling Accenture to bring multiple different skill sets um, and diversity really to solve the problems of our clients. So I'm really, really fortunate to lead a group that is at that intersection of business and technology, um, supporting clients in Ireland to solve their biggest problems and really exploiting what can technology can do to help them power their business on. So Hilary, just quickly looking back at that time when you were in UCD and so on, I, I presume it was a very male environment. Would that be correct? Yeah, it was. Um, you know, I started with a broad science degree and I suppose, um, you know, there was a, a reasonable mix of men and women. But as I got uh, further into the course and in that final year, I do remember sitting in the classroom and I would say of 35 people in that classroom, if, if even five or six of them were women. So definitely the gender split was very much in, in favour of men. Um, I, I, I probably came into Accenture and because I came into the technology side of Accenture, it, it was probably a little bit the same, but but very quickly, you know, Accenture, I, you know, as you probably know, inclusion and diversity is right at the core of our DNA. And I was actually part of, you know, one of the, the first task forces, or, uh, for want of a better word, to establish what we called Accent and Women at the time to support women in tech um, and, and in business. Um, and that's, that's going back, you know, probably 25 years ago. Um, and what I see today is, is so very different. Like if you look at Accenture, 35% of our leadership team is now female. Um, and there are role models all the way through our organization. And of course, you know, we talk about inclusion and diversity. We don't just mean gender anymore. It's that whole diversity of workforce. And, and really, it's about inclusion as well and making sure that everybody, particularly people in a minority group, come to work and feel comfortable in their own skin. And that enables everyone to just, you know, bring effectively their true self to work um, and reach their full potential. And that is a big part of what Accenture does. Um, it doesn't happen by accident, of course. You know, it needs to be pretty much micromanaged. So all the business decisions that we make, we would be always including and the lens of inclusion and diversity on those decisions to make sure that it remains a fair and equal place to work. And Hilary, in terms of the pace of change you've seen over those years spent in Accenture, I mean, computer languages have come and gone. Technology is the one area where, you know, it's just breakneck speed, how things change. Is that the way you found it or were you just kind of working away and these things often just happened? You know, what was your own sense of that kind of pace of change over those decades? I mean, I think that we always talk about the pace of change. And if you just look even back at historical programs, you know, they're always talking about the innovation and, and, and the pace of change. But, but we know now, right, that it's just exponential uh, disruption and change. And that the decades that we're heading into, you know, will be at an accelerated pace that I, I don't even think we can imagine it. Um, because we have the convergence of probably the last 20 years of, of these new technologies and they're all coming together. And I think organizations you know and, he, and us as human beings are really going to see the benefits of those technologies come to pass over the next decade um, so so yes um, we've been we've been on a change journey and there is change change factor fatigue out there for sure in organizations but I think that the disruption is is coming at us and coming at us like a train and we need to be ready for it and one of the things you had to change yourself was moving from being an employee to being a manager and moving into those leadership roles. Now, so often in technology, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but so often there are technologists and then there are technology managers and they are very much different beasts. Um, was it easy for you to, to make the transition over the years from, from kind of working with technology, working with projects, making things more efficient, making things process better 
into managing other people doing that. Can, can you talk to me a little bit about how you, you kind of made that shift? Sure. I mean, I was probably fortunate in Accenture, there's a very defined career path and it, it's, it's very obvious and very clear from the very start of, the, of where you're going in the organization. And you're given the coaching and you're given the training um, to make those step changes. And very often you're put in to roles before. So, you know, you're, you're managing people before you actually make that manager step. Um, and we, we tend to stretch our employees and never let, let them get comfortable in a row without stretching them to the next level. So, so I personally didn't find it too much of a challenge. Um, I, I think I actually my first love was probably to think about being a teacher and to teach. So I actually loved that move from being that engineer doing the technology work into um, management and leadership positions because I got to coach people and see the teams that I was working with, you know, achieve great things. And that is actually where I get my rewards from, from my job today. So um, yeah, it's been a journey, um, but it's one that, that, I, that I really, really enjoyed and that Accenture I was fortunate enough gave me the opportunity at the right times for me. And you really have been challenged and stretched, as you say, in the last few months. Um, this coming over from China, the virus initially, yes. um, first seen in February. When did you? When did it first kind of come on your personal radar or the team that you work with? You, you obviously seeing mention of it in the international media and so on. But but when did it sort of roll into Accenture and really start to impact upon what you did operationally? I mean, I think, you know, we were all watching what was going on around the world. I don't think any of us really understood the impact. I mean, I do remember still thinking as the virus was starting to hit our shores, maybe I'll get to go away on my holidays in April. Um, so we were extremely naive, um, albeit we were watching what was going on in China. Um, but I suppose um, when it really hit us was when, you know, in March, um, when, you know, Ireland went into its first lockdown and literally overnight, we went from working in clients all around Ireland to moving our, our teams and our people um, to work from home. And, and many of our teams are also offshore in other countries. Um, and so it was a huge logistical effort um, to, to move you know, people um, to work remote, remote and virtually. Um, but we did it. Um, we're very fortunate. We obviously have the technology backbone in Accenture that enables us to do that really, really smoothly and seamlessly. Um, our people, because they work um, on different projects and move around from client to client, are also very, very used to change. So that helped us. Um, but if I look at, like, we didn't really miss a beat in, in supporting our clients during that time. And, you know, I'm just really proud when I look back of what ourselves and our clients achieved together to keep the lights on, to keep customers served and so on. But it was, no question, a very, very turbulent time. And Hilary, how quickly did um, projects come in from clients? You know, you're talking about interfacing with clients. How quickly did they need help and assistance and advice on, on dealing with the pandemic themselves? Or did you find most of them were ready to go or were kind of well prepared? Or was it very much this came out of the sky and they, they were kind of contacting companies like ourselves and looking for that assistance and looking for that guidance? Well, which was it in terms of the clients you were dealing with at least? I mean, we, we would have already been working with these clients in most cases. And so we were, you know, in the middle of big programs with them and, and they needed those programs to continue. So we just worked really closely with our clients um, to support them to actually shift everything to be virtual um, and take it from there. And, and to, to the point I made earlier, like we, we did that pretty seamlessly. I mean, I think clients themselves really surprised themselves um, in how their organizations were able to adapt so quickly to the change. I mean, I've heard that said to me by, by many, many uh, C-level clients over the last few months. 
um, you know, they adapted really fast. Their decision making was 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 rapid, um, and they and they demonstrated pockets of innovation as they figured out how to do things differently. Um, and I think they're all really really proud of, of what they achieved during that time. And the conversations we started to have very quickly was, well, how do I bottle this productivity? this innovation and drive it on as part of the normal um, culture in, in my organization. Um, the other thing I'd say clients found was um, that like that they were all already on some sort of transformation agenda or, you know, had a roadmap of what they wanted to do over the next, you know, two to five years. But what I think the pandemic did is it magnified the speed at which they now started to have to move. And our clients were saying, you know, that project we said we needed to do in 18 months or two years, we really need to, need to get that done in six or 12 yeah. and actually start to really, you know, drive an outcome, whether that be reducing cost, whether that be, you know, providing a new service to a customer, that these things needed to happen quicker um, and at a more rapid pace than they might have uh, pre-COVID. So that, that's, that, that's been interesting and, and that's kept us extremely busy. Um, I, I think the third thing that I've probably noticed that's different um, in, the, in the immediate response was the elevation of the discussion around looking after the employee. And obviously that's totally understandable, right? We're, we're, living, in, we're living through a pandemic and the health and well-being of, of employees became, became centre uh, for most organisations. Um, but, it, but it's a broader conversation. It is about obviously minding them, their health and well-being but also what are the capabilities and skills we need this, these people to have into the future? And of course, reimagining the work experience as we move forward on the back of what we've learned during the pandemic. So look, I think, you know, this has been an extremely, and we're not obviously through it yet. And I know there are, are some people, you know, in tougher positions than others. Um, and I've been fortunate to be able to, to keep working. Um, but what I would say would be a lovely legacy that we that come from this pandemic would be if we really care for people more at the end of it and actually care for our employees and put them right at the centre of, 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 of organisation strategy. And, and that seems to be happening, which is very encouraging for me. And Hilary, you're, you're somebody that has such a, a kind of wide array of clients. So you get a good feel across different sectors and it gives you each one has their own rhythm and their own dynamic. But one of the big questions that's out there at the moment, and I've asked a number of our previous guests about this, so I'd love to hear your input as well, is the, the future of the workplace and the office itself. And, and you're talking about how quickly some clients kind of change around their operations. I mean, from what you're hearing and what you think yourself on your own background and training, how, how radically do you think the, the office is going to change? And, and do you, when you see these headlines about the, the office is dead and the office is, is, is going to have to be radically reinvented, where, where is your own thoughts going on that particular subject? Yeah, it's an interesting uh, question. I mean, the first thing I'd say is like the world is going to have changed, is changed and will continue to change so fundamentally from where we were uh, pre-COVID. And, and just some things are going to just fade away in importance and others are going to accelerate. Um, and it's like even just simple things like, am I ever going to wear high heels again? Like, I don't think so. Maybe I will. But Maybe you will. Maybe I will. But, but I mean, I think we, we just don't know, you know, yet. But what I would say is, you know, the way we worked before is definitely not going to be the way we'll work in the future. Um, and I would love to think, and certainly the conversations we're having in Accenture are, let's take the, the best of what we had when we were all in the office together. Let's take the best of what, has been part of COVID and there are plenty of people who are enjoying you know working from home there are those that are not but let's take the best of both and actually reimagine the work experience um, for our employees and just let's make it better as we come out of that um, out with the pandemic um, I would say also just looking ahead what I would say is you know we talked at the beginning 
about the pace of change. Um, and I just think that, that that acceleration of technology disruption over the next decade is just going to be, you know, we can't even really foresee it. Um, and I think organizations are really starting to think about how do I accelerate and how do I power my business using cloud, using digital technology and getting that adoption of my, my workforce. And I think we're only at the beginning of this. I mean, if you think about it, the technology that we have today in organizations, we're only capitalizing on about three to 4% of its potential. So right. like employees, you know, like if we put the technology in their hands, we can really uh, reimagine how they work. And if we could, you know, take more time out of admin um, jobs that we all have to do, no matter what level of the organization you are, and we free up time to allow our employees to think more, to coach their, 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 their staff more, to spend more time with customers, to be more innovative. It'll just change the workforce completely. So I think technology and the pace of technology is something for the future that we need to think about when we think about the workforce. I would say related to that is skill sets. I mean, all clients that we're talking to are talking about the skill sets of the future. And the skill, these skills are very scarce in the marketplace. You're not going to be able to hire them in great numbers. You've got to build them from within. So actually building a culture of continuous learning in organizations is going to be really important and ensuring that employees are really open to reskilling and changing um, to be relevant. Um, and this is big for Accenture. I mean, if I listen to our CEO, Julie Sweet, Whenever I'm listening to her, um, she'll always drop into the conversation something that she's learned or some learning path she's on. And she's trying to ensure that Accenture understands that we have got to stay relevant and we've got to have this continuous learning culture. Um, and I think that that's all organizations need to be thinking and, and doing that. And I think the big one for me, um, Emmett, you know, is that once we get through this pandemic, you know, we're going to have to shift really, really quickly to being much more focused on, on, on our climate change problem um, and that organizations are going to have to demonstrate that they are responsible and that they have a sustainable business um, and that they have a really clear purpose, actually, um, so that employees want to work for them. Customers want to buy their products and services um, and shareholders um, want to be want to be associated with these organizations. So I think the whole purpose of an organization um, and, and, and stepping up um, to be socially responsible is going to be extremely important um, into the future and a big theme for organizations. Um, but ultimately, what Accenture is trying to do is actually cultivate and de de develop leaders mm. um, who can live in the gray and can live with huge disruption and change. It's no longer good enough to be a manager. You've got to be a leader. Um, and I just think, you know, it's scary, but it's, it's hugely, hugely exciting. And I think the journey ahead is, is going to be really interesting. And Henry, if I, if I could slightly drill down one or two of those, you talk about skills there. You know, we do have a lot, yeah. of, students, a lot of students listening to us, a lot of parents uh, listen to us. And they're kind of thinking, I might have already started my college journey. Maybe I'm at postgraduate level. Maybe I'm still in school. You know, it depends where yeah. people are. I mean, can you give them any more sense of somebody who's in a, a, quite a senior role in Accenture? What, what, when you say skills or talents, well, what kind of things would a, would a company like yours be looking for in, in the next few years, as much as you can see out that far? Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, Accenture is a big employer, right? And so, and, and a very diverse skill set, right? So it's those engineering skills, the cloud, artificial intelligence, data analytics, all those engineering type skill sets, but also stretching into things like strategy, strategy, change management, project management, and business skills, finance, risk, customer, you know, and all, all focused on industry. So like this huge set of um, skills 
can be built out there. But like if you, if, if you look at what we're hiring, while we hire very diverse skill sets, actually there are some fundamental things that we look for in every individual. And some of those are those softer skills, you know, good judgment, strong communication skills, you know, problem solving. Um, and, and I'm not sure that has changed actually in the 27 years that I've been working in Accenture. We, we still look for that. But I think what has changed and where the focus is shifting and if I was, you know, um, starting again in my career, I would say, you know, curiosity, um, passion to learn, you know, get stuck in. Don't be afraid to just dive right in and say, we might know the answer, but let's just figure this out together. Working in teams to solve problems, I think, is going to be really, really important. And I think many of the jobs um, that people leaving college today, you know, haven't even been imagined yet. I mean, we are going to have new, you know, jobs and roles, um, you know, um, sprouting up over the next, you know, two, five, ten, uh, ten years. So, so the job of the future is actually still is already not defined. So it is about those softer skills and that curiosity and, and passion for learning. I mean, if I if I kind of you know kind of reflect on my own career, probably probably is what keeps me in Accenture. Um, you know, the problems are complex. You know, you have to learn and learn the job and learn learn really really quickly. You've got to keep yourself relevant, um, and so do the team around you. And then to be doing that and working with some of the most successful and respected organizations in Ireland and internationally is just, is just a fantastic opportunity. Um, and I, I just feel very fortunate to be able to do it. Hilary, one of the things you mentioned earlier, which I thought was, was quite interesting, is, is the way the, the pandemic accelerated things that were maybe happening at a slower pace. And, and a lot of the client companies you, you've dealt with were kind of not maybe forced is the word, but certainly persuaded generally to take on new things and new ways of operating because of the pandemic was here. And one of those that would strike me as being obvious is the whole data area. The companies are throwing off a lot more data. Some companies have resisted and kind of thought this trend would go away, but it's not going away. Um, do, do you think that the workplace of the future will be even more data driven? And do you think that will eventually lead to better business decisions in your view? Yeah, I mean, look, the, the technology advancements when we're capturing a lot of data, I mean, only a tiny, tiny amount, I think it's 1% of all the data that we're capturing, are we actually analyzing effectively? Um, but but data is going to be so important to organizations' futures because if you can join the dots across your data um, and you can use the evidence and the facts and the information that, that data gives you, then you can make much more informed decisions. You can see much more patterns that suggest what might happen in the future. You can predict the types of services or products that customers might want to buy. So everything comes back to data um, and the decision-making capability in the organization. And, you know, I think we set up our, our data innovation center in Accenture I, I, in Ireland. I think it might be 15 years ago now. Um, and, you know, data and, and, and building a data and applied intelligence capability in Accenture has been, been very important. But now, you know, all 500, you know, people working for me and even the 4,000 working in Accenture, um, there is an, there is a requirement for us to all be data literate, um, for us to have all done very substantial and significant data training. And we, we drive our consulting business around being data driven. So we don't just come in and consult and advise and say, we think it has to be based on fact. It has to be based on what data is telling us. Um, and so the most successful businesses and the highest performing businesses are all businesses that have very strong technology platforms and they are leveraging the data that those platforms are providing for them to make informed decisions. And Hilary, when you're dealing with clients, are you finding that they either don't have enough data or they're reading or absorbing the wrong type of data? Like what, what's the challenge that you, you kind of deal with when you get to meet the clients for the first time? 
Yeah, I would say most organizations have lots and lots of data. Um, they probably have it siloed um, in, different, in different systems. Um, and I think they've done a reasonably good job over the last 10 years of, of, of bringing that data together. Uh, but now that they have that data together, they need to try and drive the ins insights from the data. And you know, to drive the insights from the data, you actually have to know the questions you want to ask. So this always comes back to, 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 to kind of the business. So what, what is the business looking to do? What does the business want to know? Uh, what's the business problem they want to solve? And then you ask and you interrogate and you analyze your data with the business question in mind. And I think that's the shift that of course has, has started to happen. Um, and the technology is getting, is getting better and better and easier and easier for, for to put in the hands of, of employees. But that, I think that's the, that's the key to unlocking the value of data is what question am I trying to answer? What problem am I trying to solve? And then using the data to help you to do that. And as you say, breaking down those walls between different units. I mean, you see, yes. CR, you yes. see CRMs, you see all sorts of um, other pieces of software brought in to try and break down those silos. Are, are you finding that most organizations are now pretty open in that way? Or is there still kind of barriers where they're not sharing their data, whether they proprietarily want to keep it or it's just kind of a, an organizational dysfunction? They, they just, that's just the tradition in the company you're working with. Or do you find that's, that's fair, fairly rare at this stage? Yeah, no, I would, I would say most organizations understand the importance of data and are trying to bring their data together um, to, 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 to ensure that they are, you know, getting those insights that I spoke about before. Um, you know, it, it isn't easy, right? Some of the data is very old and the quality of the data might, might be slightly out of, out of date, um, but, 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 but all are moving in the direction of consolidating their data and, and using it as a platform to support them and their businesses. I, I can't think of any client that I'm working with where data isn't, isn't something that's talked about a lot and that there isn't programs in place to, to ensure that they have that data capability. So we're moving into a, a data-led problem-solving environment uh, based on what you're saying. Um, we're looking at vaccines hopefully being rolled out throughout 2021. So as we wrap up on this podcast, Hilary, is there any sort of final thoughts you have about what the world will look like. And I know this is a very broad topic, um, but is there anything else that you want to add that you kind of think, well, this is something I'd look out for, or this is something I expect to see in the next, say, three to five years as we come out of this period? I think, I probably have said it all, I think it is that advancement in technology. I think the key thing that we're starting to talk about is actually using technology to unlock human potential and employee potential. And it is that intersection between machine and human and the power of what we can both, you know, can do when we have the two together. That's really exciting for the future. So that's the, the emphasis that we're putting on things now. It's about human and machine together. Um, and I think organizations need to be thinking about that and how are they using their technology to empower their employees to drive the business forward. And also, I suppose, where they have staff tied up. You mentioned very, very pressingly, the amount of staff that can be tied up on routine, um, autom almost automatable um, tasks. And there's so much resources tied up and, and they will be able to redeploy those staff into other things. So that's something for them to look out for as well, isn't it? Exactly. And that's back to that reskilling and that culture of learning that I talked about because employees are going to have to shift in what they do in an organization as technology um, starts to automate some of, the, some, of the, some of the work that's already being done. And so it's really important. That's why the, that culture of learning and the culture of reskilling is, is, is so important for organizations. And there is plenty of work that needs to be done in all organizations that we work with. So it's just about that repurposing and, and, and into higher end jobs really, or even if you stay in your current job, but because the mundane tasks, um, you know, you're no longer doing those, then you're freed up 
as I said earlier, to really focus on, well, how are we going to get closer to our customers? You know, how are we going to innovate and create new products, whatever it might be, but you're freeing up that thinking, that thinking time. And that's what, what, what human beings are, are best at, you know, it is, is that creative um, genius that we have and freeing us up to do that and um, will only serve organizations um, into the future. And to be honest with you, it, it sounds the way you've described it there, a much more healthier and more interesting workplaces of the future that we're going to get. So yeah, no, that's the way I envisage the future. And I, I mean, obviously, there's often unintended consequences of some of these new changes that happen. But um, I, I'm really, really optimistic for the future. And I'm looking forward to seeing what happens over the next 10 to 20 years. Great. And thank you very much for coming on the program and sketching it out for us. That's Hilary O'Mara, who is the Head of Strategy and Consulting at Accenture Ireland. It's been an interesting journey and we'll see what 2021 brings. A far better year for all of us and far better workplaces too. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you very much, Janice.